And now would you all stand for the reading of the word of God. Please stand for the reading of scripture. Psalm 77. Psalm 77. Start with verse 1. I cried out to God with my voice. To God with my voice and he gave ear to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My hand was stretched out in the night without ceasing. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God and was troubled. I complained. My spirit was overwhelmed. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I've considered the days of old, the days of ancient times. Call to remembrance my song in the night. I meditate within my heart. My spirit makes diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever and will he be favorable no more? Has his mercy ceased forever? Have his promises failed forevermore? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercies? And I said, this is my anguish, but I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I'll remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and will talk of your deeds. Your way, O oh God, is in the sanctuary, who is so great as God, as our God. You're the God who does wonders. You declared your strength among the peoples. The latter part of verse 2, my soul refused to be comforted. Read that after me, please. My soul refused to be comforted. The subject for today is what to do when your soul refuses to be comforted. Say that after me, please. What to do when your soul refuses to be comforted. You may be seated. In the text, the psalmist says that his soul refused to be comforted. In verse 2, he lets us know that he was in trouble. In verse 3, he lets us know that his spirit was overwhelmed. In verse 4, he said he could not sleep. You hold my eyelids open. In verse 4, he was so troubled and so depressed that he could not even speak. Words left him. He wondered whether God was angry toward him or whether God had forgotten him in verse 9. His life, his heart, they were filled with anxiety in verse 10. He was in a terrible plight emotionally. This man was messed up emotionally. But this text is a description of the compulsive anxiety and depression that overwhelms so many individuals in the world today. So many people are in the position and the predicament that the psalmist was in. Our nation is infested with chronic worriers. They worry when there's something to worry about. 
and they worry when there's nothing <laughs> to worry about. A compulsive uneasiness pierces deep into the hearts of so many people, and it will not leave them. It will not go away. This anxiety, this worry, this fear, this depression is harmful in many ways. It's harmful. It's unhealthy. It can be a factor in and sometimes the source of a host of diseases. Heart trouble, high blood pressure, asthma, a host of other ailments have been connected to worry and connected to anxiety. These emotional states can not only make you sick, they can hinder you. You can't really focus on important things when your emotions are all upset. Your professional involvement, your relationships, your inner peace can all be sacrificed on the altar of compulsive anxiety and compulsive depression. Life itself can be shortened by worry and its quality can be reduced by fear. Jesus, in Luke 21 and 26, speaks of men's hearts failing them for fear. And when some people say they are scared to death, they're not really lying. They're not really kidding. And if they continue on that compulsive level of fear and worry, death will come upon them. But before we began to seek a strategy, for dealing with and overcoming unpleasant emotions, let me first say that there are times when you should have some unpleasant emotions. There are times when your soul should refuse to be comforted. When you're hurting folk, wounding people, your soul should refuse to be comforted. Some people are walking demolition experts. They leave broken hearts, wounded spirits, devastated lives lying beside every road that they travel. And let me say, if you're like that, one of these walking demolition experts that hurt everybody you meet, speak harshly and crudely and roughly and bring negativity in the lives of everybody you meet, your soul should refuse to be confident. Hallelujah. When there's hatred and jealousy and unforgiveness in your heart for people in general or in particular, your soul should refuse to be comforted. These emotions of hatred and jealousy, unforgiveness are unpleasant. They're harmful. They're obsessive. They're compulsive. They're pervasive. They overwhelm everything else that might occupy your mind, and they block the healthy processes that characterize the operation of your body. They fill your life, your thoughts with negative things and you have no peace while you have hatred and animosity and unforgiveness in your heart. So if you're a hateful person, your soul should refuse to be confident. Are you all with me today? Hallelujah. When you're living beneath your potential, your soul should refuse to be confident. God has deposited within you potential 
with the goal of using that potential to enhance your life and to the lives of those that are around you and humanity in general. And when you fail to reach your potential, then God's investment in you is wasted and negated, and your soul should refuse to be confident if you're living beneath your potential. If you're selfish, if you're covetous, if you're self-centered and unfruitful, your soul should refuse to be confident. I'm talking about people who get all they can and then can all they get. Seldom go out of their way to help anybody. Don't give to the poor. Don't give to the church. When the Bible says in Matthew 10 and 8, freely you have received. Freely give. Listen, if you're wrapped up in yourself, you are a small package. And your soul should refuse to be confident. When there's unforgiven sin in your life, your soul should refuse to be confident. Y'all not going to pray with me today. I'm telling the truth up here. If you've got unforgiven sin in your life, then you should have no peace, no rest, no contentment. Your soul should refuse to be confident. When you are separated from God and your heart is not right with God, your soul should refuse to be confident. In God we live. In God we move. In God we have our being. When we are in relationship with God, we're in our natural element like a fish in the water. But we, when we are separated from God, a fish out of water would do well to refuse to be confident. And when you are separated from God, your soul does well to refuse to be confident. You have no assurance of life in the world to come. No hope for help in the present world. No power committed to you. No sense of divine companionship and compassion being in charge and responsible for your life. The Bible says the wicked are as the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. Some whose souls refuse to be confident but do everything but the right thing to find comfort and to find relief. They'll try to ignore the discomfort of their soul. They'll try to force feed their soul the things of the world. Their souls will still say, I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy. They'll give their souls merriment and revelry, parties and games. But in that inevitable quiet moment, their soul will say, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. They'll lavish sinful and sexual pleasures upon themselves. Heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, trisexual. Let's try anything. But their souls will still say, you're wrong. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So many try to drug and drink their souls into sadness and say, hey, listen, if I, can, if I can get myself drunk, if I can get myself high, I won't be so unhappy, won't be so troubled. But even drunk, their souls will stagger up to them and say, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied without God. And so if sin, unforgiven sin, is in your life, then your soul does well. Not and never to be contented. Cried and I cried. Searched and I searched. But I just couldn't be contented until I found the Lord. But I found him and I'm glad. 
and I never will be sad. I've tasted of the love divine. He's in this soul of mine. I'm found, I found him, and I'm glad. Does anybody know finding Jesus will bring joy and fulfillment into your life? John 10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly. And Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 28, come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Does anybody know Jesus can give you rest? Lightning may be flashing, thunder may be roaring, waves may be dashing, but there's a peace that the Lord can give you in the midst of the storm. And then Jesus is able to still the storm so that there will be peace in your life. Worry and fear like pain can be good things if they warn us regarding the action that we need to take. If they make you do the right thing, then worry and pain are good. But when there's no reason for them, when you should not be worried, when your soul should be comforted, then these things, worry and fear, can be harmful and certainly they are unnecessary. And when they continue too long, then all hope will be lost. There are some tough times when our souls refuse to be comforted, even though they should be comforted. When there's no reason for worry, and we're still worried. When God is doing everything in our lives that he should be doing, but still we're upset and disturbed when everything is all right, but we feel that everything is all wrong, then we need to go to the word of God, find a way out of this predicament, and find out what do you do when your soul refuses to be comforted. Let's talk about some of those times when your soul should refuse to be discomforted, when your soul should refuse worry and distress, when you're saved. But don't feel saved. Your soul should be comforted. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, when you're saved, but don't feel saved, your soul should be comforted. It's not about your feelings. It's about your faith. Come on, tell your neighbor, it's not about your feelings. It's about your faith. And Ephesians 2 and 8 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, when, unless anyone should boast. When you have repented and you've asked God for forgiveness but don't feel forgiven, your soul should refuse to be discomforted. Your soul should be confident. For the Bible says in 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Say that after me. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, when you confess sin and ask God's forgiveness, God comes into your life. All sin is forgiven. You've got a clean slate and the devil cannot accuse you because your sins are under the blood of Jesus Christ. We have not a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly 
Oh, come on and say we can come boldly. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Clap your hands and praise God for the mercy of God, for the forgiveness of God. And the devil comes to accuse you. When he comes and reminds you of your past, you just should be confident. Remind the devil of his future. Hebrews 10 and 12 said, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. From that time waiting until his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he's perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Jesus died one time. He rose up once. And that one death, that one shedding of his blood was enough to atone for the sins of the whole world. The vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus a pardon receives. Come on, thank God for salvation. Thank God for the mercy of God. So the devil has a way of showing up and saying, you're not saved. You're not forgiven. But you've got to stand solidly, look the devil in the eye and say, devil, you're not going to disturb my spirit. You're not going to get me upset. I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And so the devil tries to make us feel that we are not saved. But our soul should not refuse to be comforted. Because if we believe on Jesus, you are saved. Another time that you should refuse to be discomforted is when you endure trial and hardships and you're going through tough times, but you should refuse to be discomforted. In James 1 and 2, the Bible says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Just tell the devil, the Lord is making me better. I know I'm going through a trial. I know I'm going through a tough time. But when he has tried me, I shall come forth shining just like gold. Look over and tell your neighbor, neighbor, when he has tried me, I shall come forth shining just like gold. Come on and say praise the Lord. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 12, I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that that I have committed unto him against that day. The way may get rough, but don't be disturbed. Don't worry. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. Come on and say praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor joy is on the way. Don't let it disturb you. Don't let it bring you down. Don't let it disturb your spirit. When your resources are low, your soul should be confident. Tell your neighbor when your resources are low, your soul should be confident. Come on, tell them again. When your resources are low, your soul should be confident. Abraham said the Lord will provide. You've got to have that confidence. 
Money may be low, food supply may be low, bills may be due, but God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Don't worry about it. Tell your neighbor, don't worry about it. The Lord knows what you need, and God will. I said God will provide for you. Trust in the Lord, and he will strengthen your heart. The Bible says that God started with nothing. And if God started with nothing, then God can work in your situation. If you're down to nothing, you're just right for God. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor. If you're down to nothing, you're just right for God. Because God started out. I said God started out with nothing. He came out of nowhere because there was nowhere for him to come from. He stepped out on nothing because there was nothing for him to stand on. He spoke to nothing because there was nothing for him to speak to. And he said, let there be. And sun started shining. Moon started glowing. Birds started flying. Fish started swimming. And God can speak to the nothingness of your situation and say, let there be. He's the God of more than enough. I said, he's the God of more than enough. When you come to a dead end, your soul should be comforted. Moses and the children of Israel were at a dead end at the Red Sea. But God said, stretch out the rod. The water stepped back and the children of Israel were able to go across on dry land. I said, God can make a way out of no way. Does anybody know that he can do it? God can open doors that we're not able to see. Don't scream and try when you're blocked in on all sides. Put your hand in God's hand. Stretch out the rod of faith and walk forward in the name of Jesus. We cannot see through the future. We cannot see through dark clouds. We cannot see through tear-dimmed eyes. But we can walk on by faith in God. Tell somebody, walk on. Walk on by faith in the Lord. You might say, Brother Preacher, I've heard what you said. I've heard what you told me to do when my soul refuses to be confident. But what do I do? How do I really behave? But let's go back to the Psalm 77 that was our text and see what the psalmist did when his soul refused to be confident. Psalm 77 verse 1, he says that he cried out unto the Lord. I said he cried out unto the Lord. That's a good strategy. God said through Jeremiah 33 and 3, call unto me. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Y'all didn't hear me. Call unto me. I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. Does anybody need something great? Does anybody need something mighty? Father, I stretch my hand to thee. 
none of the help I know if you withdraw yourself from me. Where, oh where can I go? Listen, you can always call on God. You can always call on Jesus for the friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear for the privilege it is to carry everything, everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we don't carry everything. Tell your neighbor everything to God in prayer. Come on and praise him. Praise him. So verse 1 says, he cried out unto the Lord. Come on, my brother. Come on, my sister. You've called on everything else. It's time to call on God. If you call God, you'll get an answer. If you call on the Lord, the Lord will fix it. Oh, yes, he will. Hallelujah. Psalm 77, verse 2. Not only did he call on God, but he sought the Lord. When you stop going after his, when you stop reaching for his miracle and start going after him, you're getting ready to be blessed. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, when you stop reaching for his blessing and start reaching for him, you're getting ready to be blessed. Why don't you raise that hand and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want your presence. I want your power to reside in my life. Show up in my life, not your money, not your blessing not your provision, but I want you to be my Lord. I want you to move in my life. My soul thirsteth for the living God. Are there any hungry people that want God? You want God. You want God to show up in power, in might. Hallelujah. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Somebody needs to say, Lord, fill me with your might. Fill me with your power. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I want you. Come on, say it, Lord, I want you. Come on and praise him, magnify him, glorify him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord shows up. In the midst of our praise, while we praise him, he shows up. He said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Raise that hand and say, Lord, come upon me. Fill me with your spirit and with your might, yes, yes. When your soul refuses to be confident, this man decided, I'm gonna praise God. I'm gonna magnify God. So he said in Psalm 77, verse 13, your way, O God, is in the sanctuary who is so great as our God. You are the God that does wonders. You have declared your strength among the people. When you start praising him, there's rays 
in praise. When you start praising him, you are infused with his presence and with his power. When you praise him, the Holy Ghost shows up and shows out. When you praise him, he's enthroned. The Lord is enthroned in our praises. When we praise him, the Lord begins to bless us and heal us and touch us. When your soul refuses to be comforted, have a talk with your soul. Soul, the Lord loves you. Soul, the Lord has brought you safe thus far. Soul, the Lord has got you out of trouble and out of distress in the past. Soul, he that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't feel no way tired. I've come too far from where I've started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I don't believe he brought me this far. The same God that brought me this far is able, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we may ask and think. He's able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And I've just come by to tell you, it's going to be all right. I said, I've come by to tell you, it's going, it's going to be all right. The God that brought you to here is able to take you to there. Yes, walk on by faith. Keep on praising the Lord. Keep on glorifying God. Keep on believing God. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I'm on my way to victory. I'm on my way to power. Yeah, yes, yes. Raise your hand and praise him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Come on, say hallelujah. Come on, give God praise. Give God glory. There's healing in your praise. There's deliverance in your praise. You can praise your way through this. You can praise your way through your depression, through your sorrow, through your disappointment, through your encouragement, through your discouragement. God is able. I said God is able. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said. God is able. The king said either you're going to bow or you're going to burn. If you don't bow, you'll burn. If you don't bow, you're going to be thrown into the furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, listen, we may burn, but we will not bow. We've made up our mind that we're not going to serve any idol God, any image, but we're going to serve the Lord. If you throw us in the fire, it's all right. 
The God that we serve is able. Look over at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, I may be thrown in the fire, but the God that I serve is able. I said he's able. They threw him in the fire, three of them. The king went on about his business, came back a little later on, looked in the furnace, said, did not I throw three men bound into the fire? But now I see four men loose. I threw three men bound, but now I see four men loose. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you may be bound, but God is able to loose you and set you free. I see four men loose, walking, not running, not wallowing, not falling out, not writhing, but walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. Tell three people what you're going through. Won't hurt you, won't hurt you. It didn't hurt Joe. Joe went through some tough stuff, but God gave him trouble for his trouble. When God gives you double for your trouble, it won't hurt. I said, when God gives you double for your trouble, then it won't hurt. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth one looks just like the Son of God. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to me, wherever I be, if he is there. Jesus showed up in their fire. Come on, tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't worry about it. Jesus has shown up in your fire. It's going to be all right. Hallelujah. So they took three men out of the fire, the fourth one stayed in the fire. They took out only three. It would seem to me that they would have taken all four out. But the fourth one, somebody say the fourth one, said, I'm going to stay in here. I'm going to remain in here. I'm not coming out so that when the next of my servants get thrown in the fire, I'll already be there to bring them out. Tell your neighbor, Jesus was already in the fire before you were thrown in. Be not dismayed, for there the time God will. God will. Tell your neighbor, God will take care of you. Tell three people it's all right. It's all right. Shout in the midst of your trouble. Shout. In the midst of your distress, shout when your heart is heavy. Shout when your spirit is burdened. Shout, God will bring you out. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout, hallelujah. Anyhow, never let your problem get you down. Praise him, praise him. Stand up and praise him. Oh, yes. Oh yeah! Oh praise his name! Oh praise his name! Oh praise him! 
all praise it, all praise it, all praise it, praise it. Oh yeah, oh bless his name, it's all right, child of God, it's all right, don't worry, praise him, thank him, glorify him, don't get depressed, walk together children, it's all right, it's all right, tell five people, it's all right. to praise him. Oh, yeah. All right now. All right now. God said, it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said, it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. All right now. It's all right now. I want to pray for somebody. If you've been battling with depression, the devil has tried to stop you, discourage you. God sent you a word today that your soul should be confident that you ought to trust God, praise God, rely upon God. God's going to fix it. God's going to give you double for your trouble. Come on, tell three people God's going to give you double for your trouble. 
I see God stepping into your situation. I see God turning that situation around. I see the people who thought you were going to be destroyed. The people who thought you were going to come to nothing. I see those people disappointed, standing on the sideline with frowns on their faces. He said, I'm going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Come on, tell your neighbor. He said, the Lord said, he's going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He's going to make your enemies look on while he blesses you. Come on, tell your neighbor, your enemies are going to have to look on while God blesses you. Come on, give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. It's all right now. It's all right now. God said it's all right now. It's all right now. It's all right now. Hallelujah. Listen, your answer is in praise. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Faith articulates praise. When you believe God and trust God, then you praise God as if he has already done what you need him to do. What would you do if the Lord blessed you with everything you need and you long for? What would you do if the Lord heard your prayer? I want you to praise him as if the prayer was already answered. One, two, three, praise him. Lift up your voice and say, thank you for my miracle. Thank you for the 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 miracle. Touch the neighbor one more time and say, It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. 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 It's done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is for believers. This is for people who are trusting in the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, if your sins are not forgiven, if you're not saved, you can't cash in on this. 
This is something that's bought by the blood of Jesus. And it's only by faith in him and in his blood that you can come in and receive his power and his presence. Your life is troubled, distress, pain, and worry overwhelm you. You live day by day under a cloud of guilt, knowing that you are separated from the love of God, from the forgiveness of God. But we proclaim the gospel. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He arose from the dead. Your life need never be the same again. You can be changed. You can be set free. You can know the Lord Jesus as your Savior. I want to pray for you. If you want to be saved, you can be saved today. Your sins can be forgiven. I will pray for you right where you stand. You are now joined together in faith. We'll go to God through Jesus Christ. Your sins will be forgiven. You'll start a new life in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. I'll pray for you right where you are. But let me know that you want me to pray with you by lifting your hand. You would say, Preacher, I want forgiveness. I want mercy. I want God in my life. My life is filled with worry because my sins are not forgiven. I don't want to live another day without my sins being forgiven. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to be saved. If that you raise that hand high so that I'll know to pray for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I'll give you another moment. Ten of you, lift those hands quickly. This is your time, your day. Lift them high. Dear Lord, I pray for every person whose hand is uplifted. By your wonderful grace, you brought us into your house. Thank you, Lord, for giving us this chance. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to be saved. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are, all that you've done. We surrender. We submit. Everybody say this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I am so sorry for all of my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you. I thank you. I am saved. I thank you. I have new life. Come on, thank him. Thank him. Clap your hands and thank him. Come on, praise him, praise him. All over this room. Give praise to God. Give praise to God. Give praise to God.